0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is your deputy editor, Michael Beck, solo tonight for you. Yeah, I said it. I know Dave, Lance, they're not hanging out with me. It's kind of rude. Um, you know, just just hanging out by myself. What can I say? We're going to have some fun. Just uh, the live chat and myself, we got, got a lot of news going on. We got a pretty sweet topic, but the first thing I want to start off with, if you're watching this, you might notice the uh, nasty little scar and a few stitches inside of my face. I'm going to tell you exactly what I just did today and, uh, basically to sum up a long story, I put a piece of metal in my head. Um, I am, uh, during my, uh, not BTSC time, I'm, uh, usually spending my, uh, my hours and minutes, uh, as a sheet metal worker. So, uh, shout out to you. If any of you guys are out there, they're also doing the, the same gig, but, uh, hanging off the roof and, uh, and trying to install a piece of metal to hang off some of the duct. And you know what, uh, you jam uh something in between two other things and you try to yank on it a little too hard usually gives way and it gives way pretty fast and uh, in my case uh three nice stitches. So you know what that uh, that kind of sucks, but uh you know what uh maybe I have the face for radio. I, if I didn't before, I certainly do now. So with that said, might as well get into our, our uh, big news of the night before we get it into the exactly uh yeah, I said it portion. Of course, uh, Bud Dupree today um, filing a grievance shortly after Shaq Barrett did um, to be listed as a defensive end rather than an outside linebacker. Now, before we even get going on that, I feel like there's pretty much no chance that that actually uh, goes through. You know, Bud Dupree pretty much played every single snap as an outside linebacker. His hand was rarely in the dirt, so I think uh, think in this case... um, you know it'd be nice for him to get that two million dollars but does it affect the Steelers a little bit they still haven't signed any of the rookies once that once those are done there's not going to be a whole lot of money left and two million, two million two million dollars might might affect some stuff might force the team to make other uh other uh changes rather restructure some other deals there isn't a whole lot left but that's just going to push uh push more money to next year. And that's something I don't think the team necessarily wants to do. But um, there is a precedent for this because I do believe the Steelers, uh, instead of giving Cam Hayward DN, they gave him D-tackle or vice versa. I'm, I'm forgetting the actual, the actual position switch. But uh, they did this um, to give Cam more money because he earned it. And, you know, going into these negotiations with D- Bud Dupree, um, you're really going to try to make him as happy as possible right now. And maybe the Steelers give it to him, even though he already did sign that tender as an outside linebacker. But uh, with Bud tonight, you know, I, I think I can't necessarily see him getting that extra money. I, I can't really see him winning that grievance and actually being classified as a defensive end. But on that flip side, um, I think uh, I think it's going to be tough, especially because the Steelers have five days to work out a deal, a long-term deal, make that with Bud Dupree. Um, July 15th is that, uh, is that cutoff date. Um, they can't get it done. I don't see a contract being negotiated next year. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting five days in Steelers Nation. Um, if, if it doesn't get done, uh, Bud Dupree's probably not going to be your starting outside linebacker in 2021. But uh, they did draft Alex Highsmith to fill that void. And you know what? I feel like he's probably... Probably, I think the franchise views him quite highly. If he's not as good as what they possibly think they have, um, then you know what? Do, do we believe in a twos are yet? He, he exploded in the preseason, five sacks a year ago, which is insanity. But I, I don't know if that's quite enough. Is uh, Ol is Ola, Ola going to take over that spot? Probably not. Like I think Highsmith is obviously uh, he's got that the high draft pick pedigree. Uh, he's probably the guy who's at the top there. And to be honest with you, I. I feel like that's probably the way it goes down. Um, I think the team kind of set themselves up for 2021 success by not having to be forced to draft an outside linebacker very high. So I think that uh, I think that's a pretty wise move on their part, a pretty savvy move to have already kind of taken care of that position for next year. Of course, Highsmith, he balled out. I believe he's third in the entire NCAA uh, in sacks. Uh, and Dabo Sweeney, uh, he, he's one of the highest compliments he could give to a player. He continually mentioned him by name and how Clemson was kind of scared of him he he was he was the guy on that Charlotte defense so if all things go down I have a lot of faith in Alex Highsmith even though he's not played a snappy NFL yet um, I think he is the guy that should uh, kind of continue this uh, this pretty amazing stretch of Steelers outside linebackers obviously with TJ Watt on the other side there going back. James Harrison was a beast. Lamar Woodley go back even further. Jason Gildon, Joey Porter. (laughs) I missed in between there. Even back further, Greg Lloyd, Kevin Green, just the entire the entire era of uh, 34 outside linebackers. Even if that's not necessarily what this defense quite is anymore, I think uh, I think this team has uh, been doing a fantastic job. You know, we always talk about the wide receivers, always, 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 how great this team does at drafting and developing wide receivers. The outside linebackers haven't been any slouch either. So when it comes to Bud Dupree filing this grievance, and, of course, Ian Rappaport also mentioned they aren't close. They aren't close to a deal. Of course, of course things can change, but I don't think this is the deal necessarily that does that, and I think because they did draft Alex Highsmith and as highly as they did, I think the writing's on the wall. Uh, Bud Dupree exploded. 11 and a half sacks is insane. He also set career highs in forced fumbles with four and 68 uh, tackles on the season, all career highs. Also tied his career high in fumble recoveries with three. Um, I, I, can can he do it again? Sure, why not? But uh, there's a chance that that could kind of flop, and if he does, then he's going to be losing a whole lot more money. So maybe he does in the 11th hour sign that deal, especially with everything going on in the world today. But maybe uh, some of you in the uh, in that live chat could uh, could uh, weigh in a little bit here. Would, would you, I, I don't, because he already signed it, I don't think the tag could be rescinded, but maybe this whole grievance thing could kind of uh, shift things around where the, the potentially um, that they could do that. Um, if they were to rescind that, Jadavian Clowney still unsigned. Is that someone you'd want to go after? Um, He is more of that traditional uh, 4-3 defensive end that Bud's trying to get that clarification, but there hasn't been any suitors, no biters. And he might he might be looking for that kind of seventeen million dollars that would be owed to Bud if he was listed as a four three DN rather than outside linebacker. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, it's the NFL. We're in a weird time. Uh, I suppose it is possible. Um, I see I see a few of the live chat light, uh, lighting it up a little bit here. Um, talking about the jersey i got on clearly terrell watson uh you know what's funny interesting enough terrell watson someone i played against back in uh back in the glory days of sfu um if you don't know a little bit about my past i uh, i played D d2 football at simon fraser university um we played in the GNAC conference um you know what we uh didn't do too too hot terrell watson obviously made the nfl for a reason um absolute beast um no, this isn't a Watson jersey. Uh, not repping my uh, my uh, conference brother in, I suppose. But, uh, yes, it is the Minka. Um, you know what? I'm pretty sure the day he was traded for, I just went on and ordered a custom Minka Fitzpatrick jersey. I was so confident he'd be good. Uh, paid off. Probably a pretty stupid mistake. I don't know. My mistake, probably not the right word. I don't think I'd do that again in the future, just uh, on such a whim. But uh, I think yeah, we can move on to today's topic or yeah I said it um, because namely I've, I've been seeing tons of reporters and tons of other fan bases slagging the Steelers for absolutely no reason and I think 31 other fan bases are going to be surprised and I think they're going to be surprised fairly quickly the only reason why uh, it's not going to happen is if Big Ben isn't healthy and to be honest I feel like he is I would love to know what the injury was they aren't releasing it elbow injury it's weird the nfl always releases the exact injury if there's multiple ligaments torn in the knee they're all listed why in this case is it just an elbow injury elbow surgery i don't understand it it hasn't been released i don't know if it ever will uh, i'd love to get big ben on the show and uh, ask him uh, i don't think he would come on the show i'd love him too but it might be a, a, a big get uh and i'd love for him to just release it don't know if he necessarily will but uh if it was tommy john y- you hear all the time the pitchers come back stronger from that so if that's the case of what it is and he is back to throwing the ball obviously we saw a couple months, a month or month and a half or so now uh, throwing the ball all over the field uh, if he's back then he's going to be back and he's He's saying he's healthy. He felt pain the last number of years in the elbow. So if Ben's good, then I think this Steelers team is about to go on a roll. And honestly, for whatever reason, we're being slept on, and I think that is a positive, believe it or not. You know what? Let them sleep on the Steelers team offensively, defensively. I think this team is really, really good, and – I don't want to throw out Super Bowl teams, but it's hard not to compare this defense moving into 2020 to the one in 2008. Stud outside linebackers, amazing defensive, interior defensive line make that. And you know what? This interior defensive line is better than that one in 2008. Very underrated, very good defense line. The Hampton, Smith and Kiesel in that 2008 Super Bowl year. But they aren't the game breakers that Cam and a healthy Stephon onto it can be. Of course, also Tyson Aloalu, uh, Chris Warmly there, tons of depth. That's one of the most depth uh they have on the team outside of the cornerback position, which again absolutely loaded outside of your two starters and a top five duo in the league in Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson. <laughs> it, like it's so loaded that cornerback spot, which blows my mind because in pretty much my entire lifetime, um, outside of a few guys here and there, Steelers corners have not been very good and not very highly looked upon. But now you look at that back end depth. Cam Sutton, stud. I think he's someone who's going to be an absolute beast. Mike Hilton, he's still one of the best nickel guys in the game, uh, playing that inside corner spot. Steps over the run like no other corner I've ever seen play that play the game. It uh, for this Steelers team. Uh, And I think that's exactly how they want their nickel corners to play. Uh, Justin Lane, that's another name that you do not see, but he was a high draft pick. I believe he was a fourth rounder, fourth or third round. If you could correct me, I'd love that. But uh, Justin Lane, did he even play last year outside of some special teams here and there? Justin Lane is someone who could absolutely be someone who moves into that spot once Joe Hayden decides to hang up the cleats. I know he's in his early 30s, 31, I believe, for Joe Hayden. Uh, I don't think retirement is uh, that close for him. I think he will uh, will continue to play a little bit longer ex- past this contract, which expires in 2021, uh, especially because this team's just been so deadly. I-, I think they work really, really, really well together. And then you move into that back half, of course, Minka Fitzpatrick. Arguably the best player on the team, Um, and I I know some people probably won't agree with that, but uh, the fact of the matter matter is he would have put up even stupider numbers last year, except teams just got so terrified they didn't throw throw to him the last eight games. That's making Fitzpatrick's side of the field. Quarterback, don't throw it over there. It's probably going to get picked or knocked down. It's not worth it. We're just going to work that side of the field. Stephen, sorry, not Stephen Nelson. Minka Fitzpatrick, absolute stud. Stephen Nelson also is, but uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, when he moves around this year, oh, he's either going to explode or teams again are just going to be like, wherever he is, the ball is not going there. Of course, Trell Edmonds on the other side, he sometimes catches the Irish Steelers fans. The film would suggest he's not as bad as some of us believe him to be. Oftentimes, he has to just bail out other guys. I know he doesn't put put up those flashy uh, interception or forced fumble numbers, but I'm still I'm still giving this guy a little bit of leeway. 2020, I think it's a big year for him. 2021, obviously another big season, but this this is the year where he will earn that that fifth year option you know, the Steelers have shown that they will do it for Bud Dupree who honestly, those first three years, uh, I was a little shocked that they gave him, gave it to him to begin with. Uh, of course, Artie Burns, I, I would say his best year was his first or second there 2017 when he was paired with Joe Hayden, that was his best season as a corner. He didn't get it. He obviously got worse and worse and worse, uh, and now found himself onto the bears roster, but. Terrell Edmonds, if, if he, if he takes a step back, which I honestly can't see, then I think that, that is just completely taken off the table, but I think, uh, I think he totally can get that, uh, that fifth year, if he has a big season this year, I think the team will kind of, uh, or more, more likely to give that option if guys have potential and even if they've yet to hit it because they have. Um, but you know what this defense as a whole, we haven't even touched on linebackers yet. Outstanding. Then the only issue I think that, that this team has is what's going on at inside linebacker behind the top three. And uh, some people might not even believe me saying, uh, Ulysses Gilbert, the third UG three is that top, uh, backup linebacker but he is someone obviously this team views extremely highly because otherwise they would have drafted a linebacker uh they didn't they didn't do it for a reason and that and they didn't bring someone in a free agency so it has to be someone on that roster and I think he's someone that could absolutely be someone that surprises us Devin Bush he's obviously he's gonna he's gonna kind of develop into that kind of cornerstone of the defense every defense Runs through your middle linebacker, whether you like it or not. That's what it's going to come down to. When Vince Williams is on the field for this team, the Steelers are much better against the run. And he was hurt a few times last year. I know if I'm an offense coordinator and see him on the field, if it's a passing situation, I'm saying run a slant over that guy, crossing routes. That's where we're going with the ball. He he's not the best in coverage, but he doesn't have to be. And it, good coaching, you can you can rotate those guys on and off the field. So for all those reasons combined, this defense alone almost brought the Steelers to the playoffs last year. The offense was completely atrocious, but uh, before I even dive into the offensive side of the ball, if they can replicate what they did a year ago or even potentially be better, as I think they have uh, better outside linebacking depth and can get T.J. Watt some rest, get Bud Dupree some rest, I I think this defense can can only take a massive bound. Speaking of T.J. Watt, uh, fourth place, I believe, for defensive player that you're voting. Totally, totally rigged. He should have at least been number two. Um, as as much as we like to, to rag on them, uh, that team up north that shall not be mentioned. Um, Gilmore was pretty good. Uh, he uh, Outside of one game uh, where uh, Devontae Parker kind of worked him a little bit, I will say that he, uh, he was pretty outstanding. But uh, I think this TJ Watt on this defense... Can only make this team better. I think he's going to be even better this year. Could he Could he break James Harrison's 16 sacks in a season record? I want to say yes, but this defense is so good. There's guys that are going to take sacks away from him. So maybe 16 is kind of the that ceiling. Can he get higher? What do you guys think? Can TJ Watt get more than 16 sacks? Or will the guys around him? Take away from that because obviously he's going to face the double teams. Maybe that boosts Cam's numbers. Maybe Hayward has another uh, ten plus sack year. Stephon to it, he could be another guy flirting with that. But Dupree finally uh, hit that double digit number. So that interior seven, it's super interesting. There's a ton of guys that could go over double digit sacks. Uh, and you know what? All these guys combined. Of course, we touched on Button filing his grievance earlier. This defense, this is Super Bowl defense, and. Whether teams will point it out or not, uh, it's one of the most complete units. I would say it's the best defense in football, and it's going to surprise some people. The better this offense is, the more time they can take off the clock. Could they potentially be pushing 13 points a game allowed, 12, 11? Could they get down to 10 points per game? That would be insane and extremely unlikely, especially in today's NFL. But who, baby, could they do it with this offense Ben is back. This receiving core is better and healthier than it was a year ago. Uh, of course, I think the biggest change Dante Moncrief is out. Uh, someone that I got ragged a little bit uh, on the Steelers preview with uh, Mister Brian Anthony Davis yesterday. Uh, when the show is done, go check that out. By the way, but uh, Claypool for Moncrief—that that's pretty big right there. Juju um, Smith-Schuster—he's coming in healthy. He obviously had an injury-riddled injury season a year ago. I've seen some film when he was even healthy, running open, just the ball wasn't getting thrown to him for whatever reason. Uh, be it the quarterbacks being told not to be taking some of those routes or just misreading the plays. With Ben on the field, that's not going to be missed. Juju's going to bounce back. His numbers are going to come back. Probably not 1,400 yards, but I would be surprised if he wasn't between 9 and 1,100 Yards. So Juju's back healthy. Deontay Johnson, his first year uh, in the offense, and he, he arguably will be the number one for this team, especially if he can figure it out with Ben. They what, what did they get a game and a half together last year? Deontay Johnson is going to be so much more. I think with Ben Roethlisberger, he is absolutely going to go off uh, in your fantasy leagues. I would set him a little bit higher than what these experts are calling for. He's someone who could potentially break that hundred reception barrier. Probably not this year, but if Ben's healthy and Ben is healthy again in 2021, I could see him playing that Antonio Brown-like role where he just gets a ton of targets his way. And then James Washington, you know, that first year he did play a little bit, put up some decent numbers with Ben. Year two, obviously Ben's hurt. Year three, now they should have some chemistry. This is the year for James Washington uh, to to do something, and potentially 2021 could be his last season on the roster as well. This uh, these wide receivers kind of get recycled through pretty darn fast, and the last one since I, since Heinz Ward, I believe, to get a second contract was Antonio Brown. No, no, one, not Mike Wallace, not Emmanuel Sanders, not Santonio Holmes. you you name the receivers they didn't get second contracts to stay in Pittsburgh it doesn't happen I I don't think it's going to happen with Juju I don't think it's going to happen with probably James Washington specifically because his team doesn't do those those deals with receivers and because I think they're going to invest most of that money in their defensive side of the ball Uh, I think that's a a smart way to go about it especially when you're kind of on the precipice of a new era, especially on quarterback on that offensive side. I think the O line is better than a year ago. I think R- Ramon Foster, it years started to catch up with him a little bit. Uh, and I, I think, uh, I think Filer, he was outstanding when he moved to guard against the Rams. He did pretty well uh, when Donald was lined up against him. Of course he made his, some of his plays but it's Aaron Donald. You're not going to stop him. I, I don't care who you line up against him. You, you can only hope to contain them. I think this O-line's better. I think Zach Banner and core Four are going to push. They're going to push big time for that tackle spot. And I think whoever wins the job, I think whoever the number two is, could potentially end up that left tackle taking over for Big Al if he were to retire or uh, not be extended uh, past his 2021 exp- expiration. So I think this offensive line is better. I think they're younger. I love that Dotson pick. I love the Wisniewski middle three kind of guy to replace BJ Finney. I, I think you you basically just replaced uh, Finney with someone who's older and cheaper. At the exact same player doing the exact same thing. I love that move. Um, especially you weren't going to be able able to afford a Finney to come back another year. But this o- O-line again, loaded and Prime to come back for another season. I think this O-line works better with Ben. They have that kind of chemistry, knowing where he is in the pocket. Big Al kind of works his kicks a little bit better. I know he struggled a little bit in 2019, but he he faced a murderer's row. Those defensive linemen that he was lining up against were some of the best in football, and I'm trying to just let that escape my mind a little bit and not judge him completely on 2019 and just give him the benefit of the doubt hanging in a 2020 quarterbacks that didn't really have a lot of pocket presence or chemistry that they had with him and uh just playing against the best guys in the league you can only expect so much from a guy um and then i guess lastly we can uh hit up the tight ends and running backs uh eric ebron if he's healthy holy they got a guy a huge guy out there another target and if vance mcdonald can stay healthy i think some of the some of that workload is off his plate now. Uh, I think he'll be able to go a little bit more. But Eric Ebron, he, that could be the signing of the season. If he can play like he did in 2018, if Ben can play like he did in 2018, whoa, there's you're, you might see a tight end finally break that 1,000-yard receiving mark. You might see a tight end break Heath Miller's eight touchdown receptions in the season record. And I think Eric Ebron completely is the guy who can do that. And I don't think we're... I th- getting back to the topic. I think that's someone that's going to surprise basically everyone. I pretty much everyone counted him out for dead, but he's going to be an absolute stud. I I'm huge on Eric Ebron Our running backs. Now, you know what? I know there's been some, uh, injury issues, but you know what? There's four guys, potentially five guys that I think can shoulder the load on any given day. If James Connor misses, you can run a rotation. I, you know what? I, I think, I think even if you just got a 10, ten healthy games out of James Conner, I think that's that might just be good enough. Ben's not playing to hand the ball off. That's the fact of the matter. I think Jalen Samuels, he, he'll kind of develop more. He'll he he'll be better than he was a year ago. The Wildcat just was not set up for success. Um, th- that, that was just an unfortunate year. Uh, I think Benny Snell when they spread out the box, when there's actually this threat of throwing the ball. He can run between the tackles really well, and when the box isn't stacked, it's going to be incredibly easier to do that. You can move your and pull your guards so much easier. Um, They're not crashing the line of scrimmage like crazy. You you know Benny Snell, he is going to have a a better season. The thing that I love about him is when he gets tackled, he gets tackled diving forward and picks up that extra one, two, three yards depending on the type of contact he's getting wrapped up in. So that's going to be huge when it comes to that kind of uh, those kind of short yardage situations. I think, I think he's going to be better. Uh, another guy that kind of caught the ire of Steelers nation. He, he kind of struggled at times, but you know what? I think uh, Benny Snell is prime for a bigger year. And then obviously Anthony McFarland, that's the sleeper. Um, I don't know if, how, how much he necessarily gets the ball this year, but uh, he is going to make some plays. Um, he's going to make some plays on the backfield. I think he's going to make some plays on that kick return game. I think punt return duties will stay with Deontay until he kind of really cements himself as that number one and kind of play it as Antonio Brown did. If the Steelers needed a, a play to be made, they sent they send A.B. back there. Um, they could do that with Deontay. Um, if if McFarland just proves that he is absolutely uh, an absolute beast, why not? You know, he could just play that spot, punt, kick, turn every single week. He could be someone that lines up in the slot, someone that kind of motions around a little bit, that Matt Canada kind of motion guy. Obviously, they have that rapport with one another, so that could absolutely be a thing. And then uh, I guess lastly, Derek Watt. That's kind of I think that's the X factor. I don't really know what you're necessarily gonna get with him, but when you're paying a, a fullback three and a half million dollars, I I want him to get the ball. I, I would be upset if he if he had less than 10 carry. Like I I would want, I'd want him to to get a carry game. I I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Um and you know what? Derek Watt, I love how Kyle Juszczyk was used in San Francisco. I, I don't think he's quite the same player as is. he, who is basically a tight end playing fullback who can do it all running those wheel routes. I think Shanahan just makes a great offense for the fullback. I would love Derek Watt to be used like that. I don't know if he necessarily will be, but they're paying him like he should be. So I think he's someone who could totally get the ball more. I want to expect it, but I know it's going to break my heart when it doesn't happen, but I would involve the fullback more. Um, and he, he could necessarily be the only fullback on the field at a time and I would do it. Uh, I think he needs to get those reps. Um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to open up uh, one thing in our live chat here. Uh, it already moved on me, so I got to get back to it. Didn't mention Ryan Switzer. You know what? Um, that fifth wide receiver spot—it's going to be extremely interesting how it goes down. I think Deion Kane makes this team. Uh, I think he was outstanding with some extremely limited uh, action there. But uh, Ryan Switzer is Ben's buddy. We know it. Um, and you know what? I think he is someone who could potentially get uh, get those those uh, short yardage kind of throws because Ben trusts him. Uh, and I think I, I might uh, I might get an article coming out here just kind of um, showing uh, what what Ryan Switzer might mean to this team and what he could, what you would think if he uh, put up some, some bigger yard yardage totals, some bigger reception totals than he did last year, than he did his first year in Pittsburgh. You know what? I think he totally could be that guy that uh, could put up a couple hundred yards in the first three, four, five, no, no, Three weeks, that, that's a little insane. But he, he could put up 400 yards. I wouldn't be surprised just because Ben trusts him and likes him so much. So that is a name. But if it was me, uh, I feel like uh, Saeed Blacknell from the XFL, I think he totally could be making this team over Switzer. There's some things that he does right. I know, I know you don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to get preached at. But he does some things right. And there's a really high potential he makes this team. But uh, moving on. To the other teams and why they will be surprised. Namely, I think the most important reason why this league, the reporters, everyone will, outside of us, who I I think Steeler Nation already knows what we have, but uh, the strength of schedule is one of the weakest in the NFL. Um, Ty or just behind Baltimore make that. But uh, I think that basically comes down to Baltimore and Pittsburgh, their two games to. Uh, against one another one team was 14 and two the other was eight and eight so obviously they basically have the same schedule basically you're playing the same easy easiest road they possibly could be you know what that might not be a good thing for the Steelers because they have historically struggled against bad teams but it's got to, it's got to come together at some point right and why not in 2020 if you look at this the Giants week one I I, I can't see them losing that game Denver week two Again, super winnable. Drew Locke played really well a year ago. Super, super young offense. Can he replicate it? Can he replicate it soon in uh, 2020? I don't know about that. I feel like they beat Denver too. Houston, I think that's a bit of a dumpster fire right now. I don't know what you're going to get. It, it'll be the Watt Bowl. It'll be fun. But Houston, like they have Deshaun Watson. That's nice. But they're they're basically just churning everyone out. I, I don't know about Houston. I, I don't believe in them. I think they got some nice pieces, but I still think Pittsburgh wins that game. 3-0. Then they're playing Tennessee. I believe that game's in, in Tennessee. That, that might be the first losable game, but I still think they come out on top. Tannehill Magic, I, I'm i still not a huge fan of. you know AJ Brown, I think he's going to develop in one of those top flight receivers. They have a good defense, but... I'm still taking Big Ben out to Ryan Tannehill. 4-0. Then they're playing Philadelphia. I know historically, again, that's a team they struggled with, but I believe this one is in Pittsburgh for once. And sure, they struggle at Lincoln, but this Philadelphia Eagles team, sure, they have a lot of talent. Uh, Javon Hargrave's kind of homecoming uh, against the Steelers again. But uh, I, again, I think it's winnable. Uh, I, I am a big Carson Wentz guy. Uh, I followed him through NDSU to his time in Philly. But again, I feel like they still can win this game. That would push them to 5-0. and Then they're playing Cleveland. Uh, not to be a Cleveland, like they got some talent. I, I will give them that. They, they have they have their those receivers. Uh, they added to their O-line in their first round. And then obviously Conklin coming over from Tennessee. Their O-line's better. They have those great running backs. I think Baker holds them back. Honestly, I think he holds that offense back a bit. Their D-line is pretty nasty. They got some – Denzel Ward I think is one of the best corners in the game, and he will start getting that respect even more so. I don't love their inside linebackers. I still think they have good safeties. But you know what? I still – i I'm not pit, taking the Steelers to lose to Cleveland. Ben owns the Browns. If, if Ben's good, he wins more in Cleveland than any other Cleveland quarterback ever has. He's the winningest quor- uh, quarterback in uh, – in their stadiums history. I'm taking Ben every single day of the week. I think their first loss potentially here is against Baltimore right before the bye, Uh, and that, uh, that game it's in Baltimore before the bye. I don't love it. Um, but they've won there before in the past. These games are always closer. Lamar Jackson's a stud. It, it's true but i you look at their offense it's not it's nothing to, to be amazed at they have lamar jackson some good tight ends i think their their o-line's a little bit weaker I, they have some good running backs but we don't know what dobbins is i know a lot of us wanted him on this team uh with that second round pick and he was available the steelers opted to go for chase claypool but uh i'm not i'm not super convinced what uh, what Baltimore is going to be Earl Thomas a year older uh, their, their defense kind of keeps kind of shifting through players they got great corners. I, I, st- I don't love Marcus Peters. I don't I, I thought he I thought he was kind of lame in LA. He kind of he played great in Baltimore but how much of that were some of those pick sixes that were just kind of thrown right to his chest I, I, I think that could be winnable, but I will chalk that up as a first loss. Then the bye week, and then they're coming off the bye to Dallas. I wouldn't love this matchup normally, but you know what? Coming off the bye, the Steelers are, are pretty deadly. Mike Tomlin's record is outstanding coming off the bye. I, I'm again uh I'm I'm leaning towards uh that as a W. And then then they're in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow. We don't know what is going on there. And honestly, if I'm the Bengals, I would have kept Andy Dalton because I don't want Joe Burrow getting beat up this year. They didn't address their O-line. Uh, Their running backs, I I don't, I don't think they're amazing. Like Joe Mixon, he's he's talented, but it's not like earth shattering. Aj Green, of course, is a good wide receiver. There's some pieces there, but I I think they're going to get beat up and still be flirting around one of the worst teams in the league. Maybe just let him develop, give him some games. Don't let him, don't destroy his confidence. They're going to do it if they if they waste their their Heisman winning, uh, national championship winning, uh, brand new face of the franchise quarterback by beating him up too early. I, I hate to say good. I'd I love Joe to be successful. Maybe he could be successful elsewhere, but uh, not not to the detriment of uh, of my team. Um, so if, if Cincy wants to ruin him, then go for it. But again, that's a win. I don't think they're losing either game to the Bengals. Then they're playing Jacksonville, who's arguably going to be the worst team in football. I know sometimes they've had their number. Pittsburgh finally got them back on that Ben Roethlisberger diving across the goal line with three seconds left Uh, two years ago, 2018, I believe it was. They got them back. I I can't see how you lose this team. It is the classic trap game, but I think they are going to do it. I, I feel like this is completely winnable. And then we got the Ravens game, Thanksgiving in Pittsburgh. The, the amount, I believe it's like 70% of Thursday night games are won by the home team. I think it might even be more than that. I think the exact stat is 78%. That, that goes up exponentially more when it's on a holiday, which is, which is random, but it's stats. Pittsburgh's at home, Thursday night game at home. Everything favors the Steelers going into this one. And I think at this point in the year, everyone's going to be like, holy smokes, the Steelers are 9-1. Well, I guess at this point, they'd be even more than that. They'd be like, they could potentially be 11 and one at this point beating Baltimore, uh, excuse me. And that is not quite right. They'd be 10 and one beating Baltimore pushes them to 11 and one. And at this point, I think the entire NFL world would be going insane. Uh, the Washington football club, whatever they're going to be called. Uh, that's who they got up next. I think that's another trap game of sorts. I, I For once, can the Steelers go a year without losing a trap game? I, I I feel like this is the year of destiny where they don't do it. Um, I I, I think I say that every year, but why not? You know what? 12 and one, that that looks pretty good. Then they're playing Buffalo, that Sunday nighter in Buffalo. I think this one's going to be a little bit challenging. I I know a lot of people think Josh Allen's got those accuracy issues. I'm not, I'm, I'm a pretty big Josh Allen guy uh, in Buffalo. That crazy environment, December 13th, Sunday night football I, I, I It's hard to say the Steelers would win that one. I feel like that's another losable game. But sitting at twelve and two, uh, with oh, excuse me, again I made a mistake. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not on it on this one. <laughs> They'd be eleven and two um, with the loss there, with three games left against Cincy, who already said they're going to beat uh, Indianapolis and then Cleveland in Week 17. Indy, it would it'll be interesting to kind of see how it does go. But I think they could totally knock off. The Colts. Um, I, I'm still not amazed by them. Uh, Philip Rivers has a wet noodle of an arm. That that's what it comes down to. I think he's shot. I think I think Ben's going to pass Eli and Philip Rivers and all those passing stats before things are all said and done. I think he. I think Ben's playing beyond that contract. And I think this is Philip Rivers last year. Uh, like it, I, I think th- they drafted Easton to kind of work through uh, work under Rivers for a year before potentially taking over himself. I'm not big on Phillip Rivers. I think they win that game, uh, which would be putting them around um, the f- uh, 13 and two mark going into week 17, which, which is what they should have been doing in 2017 had Jesse James caught the ball. But uh, if history was different, maybe things would be a little different. But uh, you know what? That This could be the year where that's where they're sitting. They could absolutely do it too. If they're healthy, if Ben's good to go, and then going into that game, they probably would have locked up the one seed, especially if they if they beat Baltimore in that Thanksgiving game. Then you got Cleveland. Pittsburgh does really well against the Browns in Week 17 with the backup quarterback. Uh, I'd love to get Mason Rudolph a game if if it didn't matter. Of course, there's only one bye, so you you better be you better be locked in if you're not starting uh, your number one. Typically, teams uh, the last number of years the one seed. Have uh, done a pretty good job there uh, in the playoffs. So I I think that's something you absolutely got to fight for. 14 and 2 would be an outstanding season. Of course, the best since 2004, uh, record wise, if they're able to pull that off uh, when they went 15 and 1. I'd absolutely love that. Um, really quick, let me hit the one of the. We got a super chat here. Snowman throws five dollars in the chip jar. Michael, nice job filling in for Lance. Keep up the great work. I appreciate that, Snowman. Thank you for, uh, thank you for the five bucks. Thank you for uh, tuning in with us. That goes for all you guys here today. Um, let's just get right back into the talk here, though. Um, Fourteen and two—that—that seems like the ceiling. I, I never call for a team to go sixteen and all. You know that two thousand Patriots team, two thousand seven Patriots team, make that. I, I think you looked at that roster and you're like, okay, sure, th- they're probably going to do it. But I—I uh, I don't know if you can ever really say that about a team again, unless they for some reason just became an absolute juggernaut. Who knows? Maybe if uh, Kansas City can sign some ridiculous receiver. If they brought in Antonio Brown or something like that, but uh, I don't know if that's necessarily gonna help help their cause because they're already pretty much loaded. But um the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to absolutely stun everyone this year. i think I think that's what it's gonna come down to. And I think uh, when they're heading into that Baltimore game at one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, and o heading into that game, I think I think the league would be talking. They'd be like, "Oh, there's a team that's going to be pushing Baltimore for this AFC North title." Um, absolutely, Ezra. He's saying, "Mark the tape, do it, do it." I, I'm calling my shot. I, I think this team could absolutely be six and O heading into Baltimore. Uh, why not? Uh, I, I think I think this roster is loaded. As we broke down earlier, offensively, defensively, especially defensively, going to be one of the top units of this team uh offensively i think we don't know what we got the receivers are so young deontay johnson of course being the oldest which makes almost no sense considering this is second season and juju's fourth but uh he's the oldest receiver of that core four in james washington of course chase claypool and uh juju and deontay uh those guys there ryan switzer's only 25 if we're if we're going through everyone i believe deon kane is also in that Younger range. I think he's 23, going 24. I have to confirm that, so don't don't quote me on that one. But uh, no, I think I think they're pretty. I I think I I can't see this offense being anything like it was a year ago. Uh, I know some people might throw out uh, what can Randy Feekner do? Um, it, would he limit the team? I don't think so because Ben Roethlisberger, he he's the OC when he's on the field. I think he's calling his own plays. He's calling his own shots. I'm not worried about it. I think Matt Canada, I mentioned it before. I know he's just a quarterback coach, but I think that hires a lot more than that. And a lot more than, uh, Mike Tomlin loved Maryland guys, I think, or former Maryland guys. I think, uh, that ad, I think that really does speak volumes to this team realizing they weren't, um, they weren't this creative a year ago. Um, that creativity could limit this team. Um, and you know what? I think Matt Kenna is obviously going to add some of that motion that was missing, add some of that play action that was missing. But I think that was also a testament to the quarterbacks a year ago. And there is absolutely no reason why that team, that offensive team should be successful. You know, in 2019, Mason Rudolph didn't have a quarterback coach's rookie year. Uh, and he's thrown to the wolves in his sophomore season. Uh, he gets no reps and then all of a sudden he's a starter. I'm not surprised in the slightest that uh, that's how that went down um, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting uh, moving forward here. Um, I think I think this team will absolutely surprise everyone uh, for all those reasons. Um, what do you guys think who who could be the top guy the biggest surprise player? of this roster. I think, uh, I think the guy that's going to really shock everyone, Eric Ebron, I think, uh, I think people will quickly say after Ben's successful, Oh, you, you know what? His elbow's fine. Whatever. I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. But uh, Eric Ebron, if he can get it going, he, he, he busts up his ankle pretty bad uh, and pulled himself. And I think a lot of people uh, question him on that. So I think he could absolutely be the surprise. I see Ezra here in the live chat. Edmonds, I, I, I completely agree. If, if there's going to be one guy that does surprise on the defensive side, um, it's gotta be Terrell Edmonds unless Steven Nelson completely goes off, which I think he could be. I think he could take over that cornerback one spot, even though I think, uh, they're one, one, a, and one B in Hayden and Nelson. Uh, I don't think there's a guy I'm taking above the, the other one. I think they're both absolute studs, um, read, uh, overhand. I hope I said that right. Gilbert, um, i would hope so um ulysses gilbert the third uh he could be an absolute beast um especially in that passing game you know it's going to be interesting to see how they rotate those players potentially more safety use um i i find um will be um used uh some names i'm getting a lot here in the live chat of course uh chase claypool a lot um you know what? I think uh, I think there's the chance that that will happen, but the the thing is with this season, I'm not gonna expect too much from the rookies, and I don't want I don't want us to eviscerate them before it, it gets too late. If Chase Claypool does nothing his rookie season, the poor guy basically. He didn't have a rookie camp, didn't have OTAs. He's going to be thrown in on, what, a two-week training camp, it looks like, three weeks, two preseason games that could become zero. This goes for all the rookies. Don't expect too much from them. Just because um, the way the season's going to be played out um, and how everything's gone, they've had no practice time. Ben, we have to remember Ben, isn't typically huge on the rookie receivers. Um, we've heard this. We've heard this a few times before, uh, and especially this year, where he's probably going to have next to no work with them. Um, it's uh, how, how can you trust a receiver that you've never seen on the field that hasn't been in the system? I, I get that he's a big guy. He could potentially p- play that DK Metcalf role, but I think even though they're kind of similar in size and stature and kind of uh, measurables. I don't think they play quite the same game, but uh, I think you can kind of get him running those those deep routes. You could just be like Chase. Um, you're running depending on the coverage here. Run a seam, run a post, run a slant. Uh, depending on what they line up against you, those are your three routes. Just get really good at this that this year. That's why I don't expect too much from those guys, just because it's going to be a pretty big struggle for them. Um, that goes for the entire rookie class. Uh, I think Filer moving to guard and the signing of Wisniewski really speaks volumes to Dotson. Uh, I think I think he's going to have some guys ahead of him that will allow him to potentially not play at all, which I think would be nice for him kind of develop that pass blocking. I think he's an absolute rogue grader, but uh, I think Ben is going to want his guys in front of him, and that's, that's pretty much what he's going to get. Uh McFarlane running back, I would say is probably the easiest uh position to transition into that next level. Not that I've done it, but um when it comes down to it, it you can run outside zone and it's the same from high school. Uh the reads are the same from high school, college to the pros. It's just the way that the thing that separates them is the guys that are good at it are in the NFL. That's what it comes down to. You're in the NFL for a reason. You could potentially see some playing time there but there's a load of guys ahead of them. Um, I think 2021 again, that that's what it's going to come down to for the rookies. I, I don't know if I'm going to be super surprised, uh, by them. This is, this is a good stuff. This is good stuff from awesome stuff. 1983 Tyson Alualu and, uh, Chris Wormley filling in at nose tackle and interior D tackle. You know what? I agree. Um, I think Tyson Aluolu is somehow second oldest guy on the team outside of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I think he's going to be absolutely, absolutely a stud. Uh, I, I think uh, he's done it before in the past, um, and I don't see why he can't continue to do it. Um, when Stefan Tewitt went down, I think uh, I think he will kind of step into that role that he did a year ago. He, he plays solid football that's what it comes down to. He's playing solid football. Uh, I'm, I have no issues with the uh, touchdown in that spot. And if they just use two interior defense linemen play more 40 front, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, I know Chris Wormley is listed as a nose tackle, but if you haven't already watched our interview with him, he specifically said he is not a nose tackle. No one has told him he is a nose tackle and he is nowhere near the weight necessary necessary to play that position. So warmly not this team doesn't really have a traditional nose tackle outside of Dan McCullers and that Carlos Davis 7th round pick. Is Dan McCullers going to make this team for 7th straight year? That would be that would be crazy. Um I don't see it happening because I don't think this team is taking a traditional nose tackle. Um, would that be a mistake? I don't think so. This NFL does not need those kind of those fill the gap type players anymore. I think you want those Cam Haywards, those Stephon Tuitt, those guys that are pass rushers. That's what Aaron Donald is, Defensive Player of the Year. I think I think you want your inside guys also getting after the quarterback. I think you want them, uh, especially when you have outstanding outside linebacker play. You get those guys in the middle who can kind of shift around a little bit, beat single matchups, or f- have to force teams to to put the double if they're going on going off. Cam Hayward has a two sack game, and you, you, all of a sudden you're like, well, we got to put our our center guard. Uh, on him in these pass blocking situations and just hope TJ Watt doesn't uh, beat uh, tackles alone or tackles with running backs. Good night. You know, I I think, I think they're building this team the right way. Um, And I'm really super excited uh, for how it's going. Um, before before I wrap things up here, I know we still got a couple minutes before the top of the hour. If you guys have any questions to shoot for me, we basically ran through all the topics I had for you. Um, if you missed out earlier, of course, cut my face, couple stitches there earlier in the day. That uh, that's always fun. Uh, the the huge Bud Dupree news. Um, who knows if he even plays now? If if he doesn't get that extra two million dollars, that's going to be interesting. Um, I, I would certainly uh, hope that he does, considering he already signed that tender. But, uh, yeah, this team has been pretty pretty crazy um, to kind of watch this offseason and see how people kind of talked about them. Of course, I had that article earlier today on uh, Adam Sheen, who doesn't think this, this Steelers team is a complete roster. He didn't put them in their top nine. That doesn't make any sense to me. How, how is this Steelers roster not a top nine in the NFL? How are they not complete? <laughs> Does anyone get that? I don't, uh, and I think uh, that's going to be one of those guys that just completely gets surprised. And one of the, one of the kind of key reasons why I brought you this topic today, I think there's absolutely going to be some some noise made in Pittsburgh. I think there's going to be playoff success. Uh, I think this team is absolutely going going for it this year. They go for it every year. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They play this game to win Super Bowls. Um, I know some teams. Some teams play this game to make money. That's what it comes down to. Some teams, some owners, that's all they care about. The Pittsburgh Steelers care about rings. And with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm, they have a chance to win a ring. Every single year, you have a franchise QB, you are a contender. Who knows how much left they got with Ben? I don't know if he's playing with a $41 million cap hit in 2021. That seems a pretty, I think that's something that could hurt the team moving into the future. Uh, and if they have a successful year, I could see him extend a little bit further, especially if he's healthy. It could be offered, just be like, "Hey Ben, we'll give you another season of playing, and then we could slap some void years on the back to spread out that cap hit." Kind of what uh, New England did um, with Tom Brady a year ago, just to bring that cap hit down. And one of the reasons why I continue to say the caps, the caps a myth. Um, it's going, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a funny year. I think everyone that keeps uh, hyping up the Browns as being that surprise team—I know they become the off-season winner every single year—that's not going to happen. They're not. They're not good. They're. They're not. They're not winning the AFC North. They're not coming further than third in that in this division. Um, so I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying this Steelers team is necessarily winning the Super Bowl guaranteed, but this team is. If they're not in the playoffs, I'd be stunned. Extra wild card team. Um, if if they don't win twelve games, honestly, I think I'd be surprised with the strength of schedule. The only way that doesn't happen is if they're not healthy, uh, and that's I guess that that's kind of the name of the game every year. If if you if you have your fifty three guys are the same week one as week seventeen as AOC championship week as Super Bowl week. I, you're probably winning the Super Bowl. Uh, it, it's just it's just the NFL. You're not getting the same lineup every single week. It's it's a brutal game. You get beat up. That's what it comes down to. Um, it's a survival. It's a battle of attrition. Who's going to do it? If the Steelers can stay healthy, could they push the Chiefs? Could they push the Ravens? I think they can. And you know what? I think it comes down to, to Big Ben slinging the rock. Their defense is going to hold teams to around 14 points a game. That's what it's going to come down to: 14 to 16 points. Can they score three touchdowns? Why not? They got Ben at the helm. Uh, when it comes down to late games, uh, you can you can start churning out the clock. And you got those mismatches all over the field. I think you're going to find you're going to find each and every game. There's going to be a different receiver that goes off because a team is going to game plan it different. Like, oh, we got to worry about Chase Claypool this week. He's going off. This rookie's going to kill us. We need to put. X corner on him and then we'll worry about Deontay Johnson and then we'll worry about Juju and then James Washington. And then all of a sudden Juju and James Washington have the easiest matchups ever. And Ben has chemistry, the most chemistry with those guys and vice versa. If you're telling me nickel corner on chase Claypool is winning a jump ball. It's not happening. Six, four jumps out of the gym and he runs a four, four. This team's a matchup nightmare. They're going to surprise some teams there's, prob- there's probably a player or two bringing home a trophy at the end of the season. <sighs> Let's just hope there is a season. Um, if there isn't, I'd be heartbroken um, because this team is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you coming along with me. Um, I- I'm loving uh, doing this. I'm loving being your deputy editor. Uh, I'm going to start signing out here, but uh, again, thank you guys so much. Thank you for all the love you showed me. Um, when I first took over the spot, uh, like uh, sometimes I get a little carried away, reading the comments on Facebook and on the website and on Twitter. And sometimes there's that negativity and, you know, stepping in for a BTSC legend that was Jeff Hartman. Um, of course I'm not the, the editor that's, uh, Dave Schofield, who's done a fabulous job, but, uh, kind of coming in as that face of, uh, the podcasting side. So like trying to take over some of the stuff that Jeff did, um, to say it, it, it's easy would be a lie. Uh, That's it, some huge uh, shoes to fill. Um, and your kind words uh, have been surprising. And, and so, so it meant so much to me that you guys can't even believe. And I'm fired up every single day that I'm loading up this computer. Um, before we get out here, let's plug some stuff going forward. Of course, we got podcasts running every single day, every single day. We got great stuff on the behind the steel curtain website. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter yet, do that at BT steel curtain. If you don't follow us on Facebook yet, we're closing on a hundred thousand followers. That would be pretty sweet. If we can do that by the end of the summer, go on and do that. Um, you can always follow me. I'm always sharing my articles as well. Of course, the handle is down below for our uh, podcast listeners. That's Michael Beck 56 on Twitter. We're doing some great stuff. We got some exciting stuff. We're always trying to line up some players. And if it's not for you guys, um, we wouldn't be able to have this opportunity in this platform. So thank you guys. Um, make sure to, as always, as Lance says, uh, and again, thank him for uh, letting me take over the show for the day. I um, hope, hope he's enjoying the day off as Lance always says, tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. I'll catch you guys in the next one. I'm your deputy editor, Mike Beck. We'll see you guys soon.